Welcome everyone to the Score Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. I'm coming off a huge high from Sunday night's game. Had Aaron Jones go off for 67 rushing yards, 159 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Helped me make comebacks in more than a couple of leagues. Got wins in those, including in my main league. I improved to 7-1. and one. Everybody who listens to the podcast, obviously you know by now this is a pro Aaron Jones show. So very excited to see that. Now, on today's episode, the last few weeks, I've started things off by going over some buy low, some sell high trade candidates, and that's because everybody out there is just crazy about the trade value chart. You guys are always asking questions, looking who you can go and get, who you should be trying to move. NFL teams are doing the same right now as well. We got the actual NFL trade deadline on Tuesday this week, and we already got one deal on Monday, so we got to talk about that in a little bit, but on today's show... I'm going to do things just a little differently. So we're almost at the halfway mark of the fantasy season. Just one more game to go here in week eight tonight, the Steelers and the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. So I think it's time to to look ahead at upcoming schedules. I did this a month ago or so, just looking at teams that had better schedules in the second quarter of the season, if you will. Well, now I want to take a look ahead to the second half of the year. So not doing buy low, sell high candidates today, but I will have an updated trade value chart out on Wednesday so you can craft your own deals off of that. But let's look at some of these upcoming schedules for the second half of the year and try to identify some of the players that you might want to try to get on your roster for the second half stretch here. At quarterback, a lot of the top QBs have tough schedules in the fantasy playoffs. It's just a strange year for that. It doesn't mean that you're going to bench those guys by any means, but you should take that into consideration. I mean, a guy like Patrick Mahomes has to face that Patriots defense in week 14, which is the first week of the fantasy playoffs in most leagues anyway. You should be doing it that way, week 14, 15, 16. So his ceiling might not be as high in that game, but are you benching Mahomes? Absolutely not. But what we want to do is we want to take a look here at some of the players that are going to have easier stretch runs, guys that maybe you want to go out and target if you don't have a Mahomes or a Rodgers or someone that is just producing every single week for you here. So Tom Brady right now hasn't had the best season. And I mean, when you're looking at his schedule, the rich just get richer. I know the Patriots themselves have had a pretty easy schedule, faced a lot of backup quarterbacks. But Brady's had a few tough matchups in there. They've had to go against the Bills and some other tough pass defenses. Looking ahead, though, he gets the Ravens, the Eagles, the Texans, the Chiefs, the Bengals, all those teams left to play for him. His only tough dates left here are the Cowboys and the Bills. He gets the Cowboys in Week 12, the Bills in Week 16. So Brady is interesting, especially that Chiefs game in Week 14. It's probably going to turn into a shootout in that one. Brady could put up some big numbers there. Carson Wentz, he's going through a very tough stretch right now, but after that, he's going to get the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Redskins from week 12 to week 15, so into the fantasy playoffs. All four of those teams are in the bottom half of the league and fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. If his owner is struggling, and they might be, Wentz played Dallas and the Bills in his last two outings, then he gets the Bears and a bye, and then he has to go against that Patriots defense, but After that, it's smooth sailing, so if you can get him cheap and stash him for a few weeks, he could help you get deep into the fantasy playoffs, and maybe, just maybe, Deshaun Jackson will be healthy by then as well. Some streamer guys, so these aren't guys that are necessarily going to be every week starters for you, but they do have some nicer schedules the rest of the way. Jameis Winston 
it's hard to trust him week in and week out, but he really doesn't have a bad matchup the rest of the schedule here. So do with that what you will. If you're playing him every week, you're a braver person than I am. Jacoby Brissett, after these games with the Broncos and the Steelers coming up here, Brissett gets the Dolphins, the Jags, the Texans, the Titans, and the Buccaneers. A very nice stretch there. He's got multiple passing touchdowns in five of seven games this season. Brissett quickly becoming somebody that's maybe at that low-end QB1 range in fantasy. Some more streamer guys to mention here. Gardner Minshew, Sam Darnold. Very nice schedules for the remainder of the season. A little riskier based on their play as well, but they'll be around the top 15 every week just due to those matchups. At running back, James Conner gets this great matchup with Miami tonight. Then he has favorable opponents in five of his next eight games. And even a couple of the teams that look a little tougher on paper during that stretch, they aren't shutting down opposing rushing attacks by any means. I mean, the Cardinals and the Bills, we just saw the Bills get run all over by the Eagles. So really like Conner the rest of the way. Aaron Jones, my guy. Outside of a couple tough dates, I mean, he's got the 49ers in week 12, the Vikings in week 16. But other than that, Jones has five above average outings before the fantasy season ends here. Love to see that. Josh Jacobs, if the rookie can stay healthy, I mean, he gets defenses in the bottom half of fantasy points allowed to running backs the rest of the season. In fact, I mean, only one of those matchups is against a club that's outside of the bottom 12. So just fantastic upcoming slate for him. Absolutely smooth road there. He's going to be someone that I'm going to aggressively try to trade for this week. A couple other quick ones to mention. David Montgomery finally got the breakout game from him in week eight. Should come down to earth a bit next week against the Eagles, but then it's very comfortable for him moving forward. Seven straight friendly matchups. Uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders just talked about how they ran all over the Bills. Looks like Sanders is going to be healthy. I'll talk more about that in a second, but they have the same schedule that Wentz has. So they get the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins from week 13 to week 15. Very nice. At wide receiver, there aren't as many that stood out here. It's a little tougher to project receiver schedules just because you're looking at individual matchups as well. You can't just look at pass defenses against pass offenses there, but the Bucks duo, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they should have an easier go of it. Uh, the Eagles schedule, that one that I've talked about for quarterback and running back, comes into play here as well. So Alshon Jeffrey, looking good for him. Maybe Deshaun Jackson, if he can get healthy. DJ Shark only has a couple questionable pairings left. So other than that, it's looking like that breakout year is going to continue for him, especially in the fantasy playoffs. I mean, he gets the Raiders and the Falcons in week 15, week 16. Julio Jones is going to face some challenging corners the rest of the way, but Calvin Ridley is going to benefit from that, especially with Mosinu gone now. Really like what's left here for Ridley in 2019. Uh, the Panthers guys, they're also going to get a boost. I mean, once Cam Newton's going to be healthy here in a couple weeks, their schedule is going to look a lot easier. The Falcons, the Saints, Redskins, Falcons again going into the fantasy postseason. So remember how fast things can change. A healthy Cam Newton could make the Panthers passing attack very dangerous. I'll talk more about that in the injury section and in the waiver wire section coming up. Robbie Anderson, he'll stay on this list if he stays with the Jets through the trade deadline. We don't know what's going to happen there. They're shopping him. The Titans duo, Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, 
also pretty intriguing. Brown, probably a little bit more so just based on some of the the top end corner matchups that Davis might face, but hard to trust those guys. They have uneven quarterback play. It's a run first offense, but the schedule will help them the rest of the season. At tight end, if Greg Olson doesn't hit the veteran wall here, he could take advantage of a really nice schedule. Six matchups with bottom 10 defenses against tight ends. Jared Cook also similarly cushy slate the rest of the season. If he can get back to full health here, especially now that Drew Brees is back to full health, Cook has five excellent matchups. Just have to navigate that 49ers matchup in week 14 for him, but you could stream someone else in that one for sure. Let's talk about some of the injuries that occurred in week eight and where that's going to place us moving forward here. So Chase Edmonds leaves late with a hamstring injury. We know David Johnson already sidelined. They've ruled him out for at least week eight and week nine. We don't know what his situation is moving forward. And then Monday morning, the Cardinals trade for Kenyon Drake. Remember last week, they also signed Zach Zenner, who was active in the game. They signed Alfred Morris, who wasn't active in the game, but those guys are on the roster now as well. So we don't know what the situation is with David Johnson and now this Chase Edmonds injury. It's a hamstring issue, so it could be a couple weeks. It could be longer. David Johnson, it wouldn't shock me based on this trade if we see David Johnson get placed on IR at some point here. Really, anything is in play. The Drake trade just kind of complicates it even more. And they also have that very tough schedule. They have the 49ers next week, then the Buccaneers, another tough run defense, then the 49ers again, and then their bye week. So not a great next month for that rushing attack. You'd like to think at least one of Edmonds or DJ will be back at some point in the next few weeks. Likely Edmonds, I would think, has the better shot just because the hamstring injury we just learned about it. So, But it's possible that both these guys are going to be out and Drake is going to be the new full-time guy. If so, he won't be ranked that high for the next couple weeks here. Take about a month before we really want to get excited about any matchups for him. Looking at some of the other injuries here, Brandon Cook suffered a concussion very early in Sunday's game. I don't know the exact number, but Inside Injuries tweeted out that he's had two concussions this year, at least four in his career, so it might take longer for him to get back. Once it's multiple concussions, we saw it with Sterling Shepard recently, once you have multiple in a short time frame, that increases your recovery timetable, as it should. There's no way that guys should be playing the week after they suffer a concussion. Cooper Cup can't see much more work than he's already seeing, having a great season, but Robert Woods would get a bump. If Cooks is going to be out for a little stretch here, he's been fairly quiet this year, doesn't have a receiving touchdown on the year, but we know what Woods can do when he gets the volume. Uh, Josh Reynolds, he would be the biggest beneficiary for playing time. It would also lock in Gerald Everett as a low-end tight end one in fantasy as well. He was already flirting with that status before Cooks went down, and now with Cooks out of the way, that would increase his volume as well. Matt Breda just keeps getting banged up here. It's at least partially what led to Tevin Coleman's four-touchdown day, but Coleman's really been the lead back there since he came back from injury. Breda now has this ankle injury. Teammate Jeff Wilson also left the game with a stinger. Apparently, Breda was pushing to get back in the game, so we'll see if this ends up being serious or not. At least early indications here is maybe it won't be something serious, but it's getting harder and harder to trust Breda just because he keeps getting banged up and knocked out of these games that we saw last year. He had to play through injuries a whole bunch as well. From what we've seen in San Francisco, though, you want pieces of this rushing attack. So Raheem Mostert came into that game. 
he is very interesting as a waiver wire pickup if any of the running backs there get hurt. If Tevin Coleman went down, if Breda went down, Mostert's the next man up in that offense. So if anyone's going to be sidelined for a while, Mostert would step into more action. Royce Freeman came out of Sunday's game with a shoulder injury. Doesn't seem to be too concerning here, but we'll have to monitor his practice participation. He's been splitting reps with Philip Lindsay, obviously, almost evenly pretty much between the two of them. So a Freeman absence would be great news for Lindsay owners. Wouldn't really vault anyone else in that backfield into fantasy consideration, though. Miles Sanders had that big game I mentioned off the top. He also hurt his shoulder in that one, but the team's saying that it's nothing serious here. He's not expected to miss time, so really not too worried about that one. Also not that worried about Sam Darnold, who suffered a sprained thumb in the Jets' loss to the Jags. We don't know if it's going to cost him any time. Doesn't seem like it's going to be too serious here. I mean, he's played two of the worst games that we've seen from him, right? The last couple weeks here, it's just been awful, but his schedule softens up now. Starts with that Dolphins game next week. So if he's healthy, we still like him going forward. We're also going to have to see if the Jets make any deals there, like that Robbie Anderson trade. That'll impact his fantasy value as well, obviously. D.D. Westbrook re-aggravated his shoulder injury. Shark is the number one in Jacksonville. Chris Connolly is capable of stepping up if Westbrook misses. The Jags also have Keelan Cole there as well. He got back in on the action this week with a touchdown. Marquise Lee also suffered a shoulder injury in that game, so it seems like a lost season for Lee. We know that he was good a few years back, but this year just can't seem to get healthy, just nonstop injuries. Doesn't seem like they need to make a trade, but they were rumored last week as one of the teams that might be looking at Robbie Anderson. I'm not really sure why they would do that at all. It seems like they have a couple guys here that could step up. Jeff Hireman has a knee injury, could help force some more work for rookie Noah Fant, but that's a little further down in the fantasy landscape. I also want to mention there's a bunch of offensive lineman injuries this week and got to keep an eye on this stuff because it can change fantasy values. A Raiders center Rodney Hudson left with an ankle issue. X-rays were negative. He's going to go through more tests early in the week here. Chargers left tackle Russell Okung. They waited so long to get him back. He has a calf injury. Broncos right tackle Juwan James, a knee injury. Seahawks center Justin Britt, believed to be a season-ending ACL tear. Jets center Ryan Khalil left with a knee injury. Packers tackle Brian Bulaga, a hand injury. We heard he's expected to play next week, so not expected to be serious. Texans left tackle as well. Laramie Tunsil hurt his shoulder. Same thing for him, though. Bill O'Brien saying he expects him to play next week. And then quickly before we move on, just want to talk about a couple of the guys that came into this week injured and that maybe we're hoping to get them back soon. I talked about Cam Newton earlier. There's a chance that we're going to get him back from that foot injury this week. The return is coming, though, so he's going to be somebody we're going to talk about in the waiver wire section. Devontae Adams. Also a good chance we finally see him return from that turf toe issue. Not guaranteed, but he's getting close. Alvin Kamara, the Saints wisely held him out of this game. Now he gets the bye week to get fully recovered, and he'll be back to near full strength in Week 10. Sterling Shepard from the concussion, they're taking their time, as they should. He'll be back soon, though, we think. And Deshaun Jackson, that sports hernia, abdomen, groin issue, something in that area. The Eagles are taking their time there as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out until after their Week 10 bye. His late season schedule, like I said, is the thing to watch for him if he can get back to anywhere near 100% health. Chris Herndon, hopefully we finally see Herndon this week. It's been an excruciatingly long wait, but the time is coming for him soon as well. Which brings us to the waiver wire here. 
a lot of fantasy relevant teams are on by this week. The Falcons, the Rams, the Saints, I guess we'll throw the Bengals in there. There's a couple guys maybe even playing on the Bengals. So owners will be looking for replacements this week. Let's see if we can help them out. At quarterback, I've been doing this thing this season, guys that are around 60% owned. Normally, I only look at players that are under 60% owned. But if a guy's right around 60% owned, I'm mentioning them at the very top just in a little short blurb. So at quarterback this week, that would be Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going up against the Cardinals in week nine. Gardner Minshew versus the Texans and Jacoby Brissett at the Steelers. As far as guys that are available in the majority of leagues, Cam Newton. I just want to say, Newton was a top three fantasy quarterback before he got hurt last year. It seems like everyone forgets about that. He was playing fantastic in Norv Turner's system. Then his shoulder got hurt last season. At the end of the year, he didn't look as good for a couple games, and then they threw him on IR. This year, hurts his foot in the preseason, comes out, obviously looked terrible in the short time that he played at the beginning of the year. It's not the same version of him that we saw Hopefully he's going to be healthy and can come back and be that player that we saw early last season. You go pick him up just to see if that happens, but he could be had in a bunch of leagues. He's only 41% owned right now. You could stash him at the worst just to see what he looks like when he gets back here. Sam Darnold, 23% owned. It has been bad. It has been very, very bad, but he's also faced two teams that excel at getting pressure. And during that upcoming stretch, all those easy games that he has coming up, none of those teams have dangerous pass rushes. So Darnold can be used against the Dolphins, and then we'll go from there. Uh, some other lower names you might want to look at is not a lot of great options past that, but Derek Carr going against the Lions, Mason Rudolph against the Colts. We'll see how Rudolph looks in his game back. On Monday night, he gets the Dolphins though, so should look pretty good in that one. And if you want to really get risky, Mitch Trubisky, 25% owned, but he gets the Eagles. And I know Josh Allen didn't have a great day against them, but weather was a factor. The wind was really bad in Buffalo. That Eagles secondary is awful. Maybe even Trubisky can take advantage of them. And at all these positions, like I say every week, I'll go more in depth in the actual column that I write that comes out on the score on Monday night. So I'm going to mention the top players at each position here. If you want to go a little deeper, check out that column on the score. At running back, the 60% owned guys right around that range, Devin Singletary came back, played the majority of the snaps in that Bills backfield. He's going to be the starter moving forward. That wasn't a fluke when he was healthy early in the season. That first game, I talked about this last week, When he was healthy in that first game, he played around 70% of the snaps in that game. So he's the starter there. Gore is going to be his backup, the complimentary kind of player next to him. Singletary's owned in 68% of leagues. Adrian Peterson can still get it done in the right matchup. Not overly exciting because he doesn't get that much passing game work, but somebody you can plug into your lineup. He needs to be owned. And Jamal Williams, as much as I love Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams keeps getting used So he should be owned as well and can really be played as a flex option. Kenyon Drake also right at that 60% mark. So he needs to be owned everywhere until we see how things shake out with him on the Cardinals. Mark Walton on the other side of the Drake trade, what's going to happen in Miami? Well, Walton's been in this waiver wire column every week just in case Drake gets traded and because his touches have been going up. His playing time has been going up. He's only owned in 29% of leagues. It's the Jets next week. So heading into Monday night, he's got 26 touches over his last two games as 133 yards from scrimmage during that time. 
and then he gets this decent matchup with the Jets. We'll see what he can do against the Steelers. That is a tough one for him. I don't know that his numbers are going to be great, but he's got some easier matchups coming up. Not just the Jets there, but he gets the Jets in week 14 of the fantasy playoffs, gets the Giants, gets the Bengals in weeks 15 and week 16. So definitely worth a flyer, can be used in week nine as well. Kalen Blage will be in that backfield, but he's more of a touchdown vulture. He's only 9% owned in fantasy leagues. You got to treat him more as a, a boomer bust touchdown dependent kind of option for fantasy. Raheem Mostert, who I briefly hit on earlier, a 6% owned. He gets the Cardinals next week. It's a pretty good matchup, but really any matchup is a good matchup for this 49ers rushing attack. So you want to grab Mostert just in case Breda does miss some time here. Other than that, there's not a lot of plug and play options this week. So you're going to want to go and look at handcuffs. And now that the bye weeks are going by, that's what you should be doing. You should be filling up those bench spots with handcuff guys, the Alexander Madisons and the Tony Pollards and the Daryl Hendersons. And let's see where Rashad Penny ends up. If he's out there, you'll know before waiver wires go through, but we'll see where he ends up. Maybe his value will go way up if he gets traded. Jalen Samuels is going to come back healthy. If he doesn't play on Monday night, he'll be back for their next game, I would guess. Gus Edwards coming off by in week eight. He's kind of interesting. Go grab some of those guys. Make sure that they're on your bench in case their starter goes down. At wide receiver, the 60% crew, Robbie Anderson, Tyrell Williams, DK Metcalf, Kenny Stills, Christian Kirk, and Deshaun Jackson. All those guys should be owned in every league out there. Not sure why they're still available in a bunch of leagues. You want to get them on your roster. Anderson, could get traded, could end up in even a better a situation, maybe. Uh, if not, if he sticks and they have that great schedule, we're going to see better things to come from him. Tyrell Williams came back. The guy just keeps scoring touchdowns. He's not putting up big yardage, but he's fine in the end zone. And in that Raiders passing attack, other than Darren Waller, there's not much else there. So Williams is somebody that could be used every week now that he's back to full health. DK Metcalf had a breakout game this week. Looks really good when he gets those opportunities. We just need the Seahawks to be in more games where they're forced to throw the ball. Kenny Stills, I know he was disappointing this week. Trust me, I started him a lot of places. He let me down too. That's why I was fortunate that Aaron Jones came back and saved the day. But Stills, kind of like Fuller. He's not going to be a consistent weekly option, unfortunately, but he's going to have these big games. You want to keep him in your lineup and on your roster. Christian Kirk, now that he's back healthy, might be the best receiver in that receiving core. We're seeing Larry Fitzgerald really fade here as the season goes along. Christian Kirk looking good now that he's back. And Deshaun Jackson, hopefully for the playoff stretch, we get him. Now, the guys that are actually in a bunch of leagues that you're going to want to look at, Philip Dorsett, 50% owned. He's going up against the Ravens next week. I know they traded for Mohamed Sanu, but Josh Gordon's out of the picture. And Dorsett has a connection with Brady already. One of the tough things for receivers that get traded or that sign with new teams in the offseason is they have to learn a new offense and they have to establish a chemistry and a connection with their new quarterback. Dorsett's talked about the fact that he already has that with Brady now. We see it on the field. He's catching touchdowns. He's making plays. Dorsett can sneak into your lineup as a wide receiver three with some upside the rest of the way. Other than that, there's a lot of guys that are just kind of dart throw options. Preston Williams and Devontae Parker, we're going to see them go on Monday night. Williams 13% owned, Parker 27% owned. I keep mentioning them every week as guys to help you get through the bye weeks. You could just throw in your lineup, you know, wide receiver four, give you a little bit of upside if they can score a touchdown. 
not overly exciting. I understand that. And there's more like that. Ted Ginn, now that Drew Brees is back, Ginn's value will go up. He's going to be on buy this week, but somebody you can stash for later in the season here. Anthony Miller, his playing time, finally back to where it should be. He's getting it done. Only 11% owned. You like a young talent like that who caught all the touchdowns last year, was kind of in the doghouse to start this year. Maybe he can salvage it the rest of the season. Talked about the Jags guys with the injuries there, Chris Conley, Keelan Cole. Also really love what I saw from Darius Slayton this week. I thought that I was high on him in my ranking. And then after he scored the two touchdowns, I went to look to see where all the other analysts had him ranked this week. And I was actually kind of just below consensus, unfortunately. So he's somebody that you should go out and get until we see what happens here with Sterling Shepard coming off the concussion. Don't forget about Josh Reynolds too. He's going on by here, but with Cooks getting that concussion, we don't know that he'll be available when they come off the bye. So Reynolds could be a sneaky stash that you could use as a starter when they get back in week 10. And then I also want to mention the Jets guys, whether Robbie Anderson gets traded or not, Jamison Crowder, 50% owned, Demarius Thomas, 6% owned. They get the Dolphins next week. So if you need plug and play guys, they can jump into your lineup. At tight end, It's tough. It's tough this time of year to find usable tight ends. Chris Herndon, we keep talking about him every single week here. He's only 28% owned, but one of the few options available on the waiver wire that could come in and give you usable weekly stats. And that's because guys like Darren Fells are the other players we're going to talk about on the waiver wire this week. And yes, when he scores a touchdown or two, it's a great day. But yardage-wise, it's just not going to be consistent for players like that. Jonu Smith, tougher matchup with Carolina next week. Also, maybe Delaney Walker will be back at that point. We don't know. Cam Brait, another touchdown-dependent guy, kind of like Fells. Even if Howard is out of the lineup, we see Brait's going to give you... 30 yards maybe, and if he finds the end zone once or twice, it's a big day. If not, it's really kind of a disappointment. Dallas Goddard, I've talked about him in weeks past, just the upside that he gives you just in case Zach Ertz gets hurt, and he's also kind of that tight end two streamer type of guy. Noah Fant with the Hireman injury, maybe Noah Fant can get a little more work here and start to show a little more because whether it's the drops or whatever it is, he's struggling through this rookie season so far, hasn't really produced. That's all for today's show. For that full breakdown of the week nine waiver wire options, check out my column on Monday night on the score. Make sure you subscribe to the alerts from the NFL fantasy news section on the score app. Then you don't even have to go look for it. We'll send it right to you. You'll get the alert right on your mobile device. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Justin Boone. Big thanks for all the questions, all the interaction on Twitter as well. It's always fun talking fantasy with you. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening and we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said leave on time.